From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. You don't need a landline, you've got a mobile. I'm Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, everybody. We have a fine show for you today. Later on, we're going to be joined by Anthony Anderson, star of the sitcom Blackish and host of the new To Tell the Truth. But first, this is Lollapalooza weekend here in Chicago, the music festival that happens just a few blocks from our theater. So it's a chance to have our two different demographics mingling on the streets. <laughs> there are the young people buzzed with beer and happiness, and all the other people muttering, do their parents know they're out dressed like that? <laughs> we don't care how you're dressed, because we cannot see you. Give us a call. The number is one wait wait That's one Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Joshua from Greenville, South Carolina. Joshua from Greenville, how are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm glad to hear it. What do you do there in, uh, in, in South Carolina? I, um, I'm a college student, and I am interning at TD Bank. You're interning at TD Bank? Do you want to be a banker? Um, well, I'm majoring in English and history, so you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> you, you better hope you can be a banker, I guess. Is what I would say. <laughs> you know. Well, welcome to the show, Joshua. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, a comedian performing at Hyenas in Dallas, August 8th through the 10th, and her Netflix special drops August 13th. It's Ida Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, a comedian you can see at the Robin Theater in Lansing, Michigan on August 25th. It's Mr. Adam Burke. Hello. And finally, a comedian you can see August 16th in Hyannis, Massachusetts at the Cape Cod Melody Tent and here every week on her very own podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's Paula Poundstone. So, Joshua, welcome to our show. You, of course, are going to play Who's Bill this time. That's how we start this show. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from the week's news. Guess what he's talking about or who he's imitating. Two times out of three, you will win our prize. The voice of anyone you might choose on your voicemail. You ready to play? I am quite ready, sir. I'm glad to hear it because here is your first quote. Go easy on me, kid. That was somebody speaking to Kamala Harris. Just as the Democratic debate started this week, she did not listen to him. Who was it? That would be Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe Biden. It was the second round of the Democratic debates this week, and despite the efforts of many people doing a lot of work after the first round, we weren't able to get rid of any of those people. <laughs> at the Wednesday debate, there were two, Tuesday and Wednesday. At the Wednesday debate, everybody went after Biden, and his main response was, hey, but Obama liked me. <laughs> Come on, that was years ago. It's like the old guy who won't stop talking about high school, right? Hi, I was vice quarterback of the football team. <laughs> Did you guys enjoy the debates? <laughs> I had to... I take it you did there, Ida. Uh, I, I just, I feel bad for uh, Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Because everybody kept tweeting her, like, um, affirmations. <laughs> oh, really? And they were asking her if she had, like, stones and candles. Yeah. And they make her, always make her sound like Harry Potter. Yeah. And I just feel bad for her. You know, I, I, I didn't watch these ones, but I, I will say um, I was shocked 
to see her on the debate stage uh, for the Democrats and been very impressed in the first uh, debate when she said her first couple answers were pretty good. Yeah. And then by the third answer, <laughs> her meds had worn off. <laughs> It'll happen uh, like that. Oh, my gosh. I bet, I, I bet she doesn't go for meds. Yeah. She just rubs herself against an old oak or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the conventional wisdom coming out of the tonight affair was that uh, Joe Biden, who is leading by a long way the Democratic polls, all he had to do was not screw up. And he didn't screw up. So the idea was like, oh, he's doing great. Except at the very end of it, he screwed up his own website, right? <laughs> he said, go to Joe 30330 when he meant text that. I mean, it was such a grandfatherly thing to do. Yeah. Also, although Joe does look like the kind of guy, Joe 3030, it's, he looks like he'll be running in a thousand years time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your next quote is from some public service that NPR did, sending a message to a specific group of men this week. Children think you're really, really unattractive. That was NPR's Nell Greenfield Boyce talking about a new study that finds men with what facial feature actually scares young children? Mustaches? Oh, bigger than that. Go for the whole face. Oh, beards. Beards, yes. Wait a minute. You said that with a tone of resignation and sadness. Do you, sir, have a beard? I definitely do not. Okay, yes, but the answer is beards. A new study finds adults perceive people with beards as stronger and more mature, but that young children find them terrifying. Yeah, so it's, do single moms. Really? Okay. <laughs> really? who, who thinks they're stronger and more mature? Most adults, according to psychological surveys. Uh, well, I wasn't, they didn't survey me in that. I, <laughs> This is what they did as part of this study. This was part of it. They were trying to find out how kids related to people with beards and not. So what they did was they took some young kids and they gave them a specially created picture book. It's about a mysterious island where the kids were instructed to complete quests and they could pick helpers, right? So they tended to pick clean-shaven men for tasks involving cooperation and bearded men for tasks that called for strength and mansplaining. This is already too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> this is already too complicated. I know, but they're figuring out the kids don't like, it's terrifying. Are bearded people annoyed? Bearded people? Yeah, are they, bearded? Yeah, bearded people bearded. with a beard, the hair suit. Are they annoyed by the findings of this? I don't know. Are, are you? you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. First of all, children f should find men terrifying. Have you seen men? That's <laughs> true. Of course they should. Everyone should have a beard. Also, who wants to be attractive to children? That's weird. <laughs> You know, so I'm, I'm so, like, not a detective. Like, I, so I wasn't even thinking, Adam, about the fact that you have a beard. And I said, like, oh, I don't think that they seem mature. Or, like, and, and I don't, yeah. but that wasn't directed at you. No, no, no. no, no. Right. Although you don't seem particularly mature. No, no, no. Here, Joshua, is your last quote. I got the horses in the back. Horse tack is attached. Those were some of the lyrics to the song that has now broken the record for longest run ever at the top of the Billboard charts. What is that song? Oh, it's that horrible song, Old Town Road. <laughs> oh, you may think it's horrible, sir, but the nation disagrees. <laughs> the song by Little Nas X has been number one in the Billboard charts for 17 consecutive weeks. That breaks a record. At this rate, it will last longer than human civilization. <laughs> 
Lil Nas X uh, keeps it in the charts, this is true, by constantly churning out new versions with different collaborators, including Billy Ray Cyrus and Lil Wayne. The song keeps getting updates. We're now at version 13.8, so it doesn't work with the old versions. It's so <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> you know who will not ever be on a remix of Old Town Road? Uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, the presidential candidate. This is true. Uh, he and Lil Nas X were supposed to do an event together, and Mayor Pete said, well, hey, if we're gonna be on stage together, can I do the song with you? And Lil Nas X said, no. <laughs> That's true. He had already done a mix with the 12-year-old Mason Ramsey from Nashville. So he didn't want another with a yodeling child. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to campaign rules, he would have had to do a remix with all 19. Oh my God. <laughs> I should say that even though Pete Buttigieg was turned down, there is in fact a growing trend of presidential candidates uh, collaborating with pop stars. Bernie Sanders did an event with Cardi B yeah. this week. Um, she, he's actually, he and she have been talking for a while. She has that lyric about bloody shoes. And you know he heard that and was like, I had that too, she should meet my podiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> she did a video on Instagram endorsing him. Yeah. And if, if it would have been on NBC, it would have been one solid beep. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> she was like, oh, no, no. Oh, it was, I, I was oh. like, oh my goodness. It was, it was interesting. Elizabeth Warren also did something with her. With, with Cardi, Cardi B. B? Yeah. I wasn't aware yeah. of that. What, Elizabeth, what did Elizabeth Warren do with Cardi um, B? I don't know. She, she also spoke about it. What she said was that she's going to use her platform to talk about politics and all the things that people don't want her to talk about. And she was like, if I end up dead, y'all know who did it. Oh, wow. <laughs> we were like, no, we don't. <laughs> Bill, how did Joshua do in our quiz? <laughs> Good, Joshua did okay. And 3-0 and o is okay. Congratulations. Thank you. Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Adam, if you have an Apple device, you know that the automated assistant Siri wakes up when it hears the phrase, hey, Siri. But according to a company whistleblower, Siri also wakes up and starts listening when it hears what? Uh, Every, someone, uh, someone in, the, someone in a, uh, a factory complaining about the conditions. <laughs> yes. No, I'll give you a hint. Uh, th if you want to avoid this, everybody needs to go out and get pants with button flies. Wait, the sound of like a zipper? Yes, the sound of a zipper <laughs> wakes up Siri. Wow. That's it's creepy. camping Siri. Yes, now I just told you <laughs> that Siri starts listening when it hears pants unzipped and your first thought was, so they've heard, oh. <laughs> and then you think a little more and you're like, wait, they've also heard, oh no. <laughs> Apple sends recordings made by Siri out to contractors whose job it is to make sure that it's recording what it's supposed to be recording. And according to an anonymous whistleblower, what they hear is, quote, discussions between doctors and patients, business deals, seemingly <laughs> criminal dealings, sexual encounters, and so on, unquote. And all that is bad, but what business deals <laughs> begin with people taking their pants off? Uh, thanks for taking the meeting, gentlemen. Um, let's drop trowel and talk numbers. <laughs> Hold on. Round of applause. How many people are going to go home and unzip your pants in front of your phone? <laughs> yeah. All right. right You're okay. doing it right now. You're yeah. doing it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many people are going to do that anyway? <laughs> 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 Coming up.
Coming up, it's an open and shut case. It's our Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me comes from Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door, with sensors designed to blend into your home's decor. You can set up your Simply Safe system yourself, usually in under an hour. They offer video verification and around-the-clock professional monitoring. With Simply Safe, there are no contracts or hidden fees. Learn more about Simply Safe and get free shipping on your order at simplysafe.com/wait. A good book can transform you. There's a fair amount of evidence now that the more fiction that people read, the more empathic that they become. Novel exercises to enhance your empathy. This week on Hidden Brain from NPR. It's the first episode of our summer series, You 2.0. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Ida Rodriguez, Adam Burke, and Paula Poundstone. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago. Peter Segal. Thank you so much, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. My name is Dalton. I'm from Utah. Hey, where in Utah? Uh, Provo. I love Provo, Utah. That's great. What do you do there? I work as an electrocardiogram technician at the hospitals. Oh, really? So you're the guys who like finding out how people's hearts are doing. That's the one. Right. Do you ever root for, like, really interesting heartbeats just to break up the monotony? We would never. No. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Dalton. You are here to play the game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Dalton's topic? It's elementary, my dear Sagal. Everybody loves a mystery. Who murdered whom? What happened to the lost city of Atlantis? Why was John Delaney at the debate? <laughs> This week, a mystery got solved. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win our prize, the wait waiter of your choice on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? Oh, yeah. Let's do this. All right. Our first mystery and its solution comes from Ida Rodriguez. The small town of Kashmir, Washington, was turned upside down by a missing kid. Stuart Comey, 16, passed his driver's license test, took off for his first joyride, and disappeared. When he didn't come home at first, I didn't worry much because I just assumed he was enjoying our new Chevy Spark, his mother Claire told the local news. Mrs. Comey finally called the police when he didn't show up for dinner because it was chicken pot pie night and Stuart never misses that. The people of Kashmir mobilized to find Stuart looking through woods and fields, putting up posters and delivering baked goods to the worried family. But it was Jeremiah Stinson, a local farmer, on his way to pick up some supplies from a store in the neighboring town of Coles Corner who found the boy. He pulled up in front of a newly installed roundabout and the intersection of Highway 2 and Highway 207 (coughs) and noticed a small red Chevy going around (laughs) and around (laughs) with an agitated young driver. Apparently, Stewart had driven into the roundabout, realized he didn't learn about anything like that in driving school, and got stuck going round and round in it for six hours. <laughs> Mrs. Comey was so happy to have her son back, she made an exception and had pot pie night all over again. A lost boy found trapped in a roundabout because he didn't know how to get out of it. 
Your next story of a mystery demystified comes from Adam Burke. We can all agree the only thing worse than a McChicken sandwich is a McChicken sandwich that someone's already taken a bite out of. <laughs> that was the situation facing an Indianapolis police officer who went to reheat a McDonald's meal at the beginning of his shift only to find someone had pre-nibbled it. I know I didn't eat it, said the officer, who identified himself to local press as DJ. Officer DJ immediately went to the McDonald's from whence the sandwich originated and demanded to know which cop-hating malefactor had sabotaged his sandwich. A joint investigation was immediately launched by both the Golden Arches and the Boys in Blue, just in case anyone in Indianapolis was wondering why it was taking so long to find your stolen car and or deliver your McMuffin. <laughs> Eventually, the perpetrator of the masticatory misdeed was brought to light. None other than Officer DJ himself. The employee took a bite out of the sandwich upon starting his shift, police said in a statement. He returned nearly seven hours later, having forgotten that he had previously bitten the sandwich. <laughs> the discovery has helped to clear up a number of other investigations that DJ has been working on, including the curious case of who left the front door open, <laughs> the mystery of the missing TV remote, and the baffling riddle of who used up all the toilet paper. A cop launches an investigation to see what prankster took a bite out of his own sandwich, only discover that it was himself. Your last story of an enigma answered comes from Paula Poundstone. When Coral Springs, Florida residents Nina and Fred Ruscio returned home to their 16-year-old son after a dinner out on Tuesday night, they were shocked to find a gaping hole in the front door. Chairs were flipped. Furniture was in disarray. The couch cushions were wet and hemorrhaging foam. The refrigerator door was swung wide open, exposing its collapsed shelves and empty containers. I was so angry, Nina Ruscio said. Romeo, her son, was sitting at the computer when we left, and there was an eggplant lasagna, a seven-layer dip, and a poppy seed bunt cake in the refrigerator. Two and a half hours later, he was sitting there playing Fortnite or whatever it is. The apartment was a war zone and there were empty food containers even under the couch. However, young Romeo insisted he had done nothing wrong and had no idea what had happened. Feeling unjustly accused, Romeo stormed out of the apartment, slamming what was left of the front door, and saw an 11-foot alligator being wrangled into a Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission vehicle. When their neighbors saw the alligator coming out of the front door, they immediately called the nuisance alligator hotline. Authorities are not sure why the mammoth predator broke through the Ruscio's door and ravaged their apartment, but Romeo's parents were only mildly surprised that their son never noticed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here are your choices. So one of these was a real mystery that got solved this week. Was it from Ida? What happened to a lost boy in Washington? Well, it turns out he was just stuck in a roundabout for hours. From Adam Burke, who took a bite out of a cop's hamburger? Well, it turns out it was the cop himself. Or from Paula Poundstone, who trashed this house while a teenager was there supposedly playing video games? Well, it was a large alligator. Which of these is the real mystery and solution we found out about this week? I'm going to have to go with my man, Adam. All right, well, you've chosen Adam's story of the cop and the mysterious bite in his sandwich. Well, to bring you the real story, we spoke to someone who had covered it. The police department and the McDonald's investigated the cause of the bitten sandwich, and it turns out that he had already bitten into it earlier in the day. 
That was Joshua Bote, who covered the hamburger mystery in Indianapolis for USA Today. Congratulations, Dalton, you got it right. Well done. You earned a point for Adam just by telling the truth, and you've won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you so much. This rocks. Take care. It sure does. (laughs) Bye-bye. And now the game where we ask somebody who has better things to do to do something worse. It's called Not My Job. There are dads, and then there are good dads and great dads, but the greatest dads are the sitcom dads, the ones with crazy, loving families who argue but always end up loving each other more in the end. And America's reigning sitcom dad right now is Anthony Anderson of the show Blackish. He's also the host of To Tell the Truth on ABC. He's a veteran actor, comedian, stand-up. He's everything. Anthony Anderson, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. So Blackish is like you're saying you've done so many things, but let's just focus on Blackish because there's a huge tradition of like family sitcoms, right? It goes back to God, I don't know, Father Knows Best. And, 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 and is it like a burden to be right now America's favorite TV dad? No, we, I just want to get out there where we just want to get out there and tell our stories and, and have fun doing it. And, and hopefully it resonates with an audience the way that it has for the past six years. And, and do, you, do people like assume you're wise because you play a TV dad? No one would ever assume that I'm wise. All right. That's, that's, Let's get that straight right All now. right. That's fine about Blackers. I wanted to talk to you about the much more challenging and important thing that you do, which is hosting a game show. Not, not only hosting a game show, but hosting a game show with my mother as my sidekick. What? <laughs> what? Nobody told me this. Your, your mother is your sidekick? Yeah, my mother uh, is Mama Doris. That, that's, my, that's my real mother, the woman that birthed me. Right. Uh-huh. And it's funny how it came about. I was doing an episode of Celebrity Family Feud with uh-huh. me, my mother, my sister-in-law, my brother, and my aunt. That's on the show. Jesus. And the first question is, uh, posed to my mother, where would a naked magician pull a rabbit out of? <laughs> and without hesitation, my mother screamed to the heavens, his <laughs> Steve. <laughs> and, did, wow. and, did, and did Steve Harvey give her one of those five-minute-long burning looks <laughs> like he's oh, no, no, burning laugh. Production shut down literally for about five minutes. Right, just you're all dealing with that. Yeah, and after the show, uh, the producers came over to me and said, Hey, Anthony, can we talk to you about your mother? And I was like, Hey, guys, I told you she was a live wire. I I do apologize. (laughs) And they were like, No, that's just it. We want your mother to be on your, your game show with you to tell the truth. And I was like, Really? And they were like, yeah, what do you think about it? I said, I think it's great because it gets her off my payroll and puts her onto yours. <laughs> so, but you know for, what? what? <laughs> Tell me how this works on To Tell the Truth. She's like sitting next to you? My mother is basically the voice of the people. She asked the questions that people who are at home are thinking. It was like, well, why don't this celebrity ask this woman this? I want to know. Like one episode, we had the woman... A woman on the show with the longest fingernails. You know, one of her fingernails was a little more than four or five feet long. And my mother asked the question, well, how do you wipe your... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say here, I, I don't know your mother, but I, I notice a trend in her comment. <laughs> 
Now that she's a celebrity, has it gone to her head? Is like she demanding a bigger trailer than yours now, or what? Uh, demanding bigger trailer, wants to get paid more than I do. Uh, she has an entourage. She has her own personal wig maker. Oh my God. <laughs> That so is amazing. Yeah, she, she's evolved. She is truly a diva. We, we have Wait, also, I'm, I'm I sorry. have a question. Wait, if go back to the magician, the naked <laughs> magician. <laughs> I don't see any other answer. <laughs> yes. I was. I mean, no, I was thinking the same thing, yeah, Paul. I mean, I no, to go, no disrespect to your mother's cleverness, but no, what other no, answer no, is neither there? Neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. answer was on the board. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, we heard that you are a pretty enthusiastic golfer, and in fact, you've golfed with President Obama. What was that like? Uh, that was one of the best rounds of golf I've ever played. Uh, President Obama talked a lot of trash. And is, is Obama a chatty golfer, or is he one of those serious golfers who just wants to hit the ball and get down the course? Oh, no, no. He, he chats with you. He, he, he talks trash with you. Um, and, and I'll tell you this. He took all of our money. It Did was, he really? He's, he's that good of a golfer. It was Chris Paul, myself, Michael Phelps, and uh, President Obama. President Obama doesn't hit the ball long off the tee. He hits it about 220, 230 yards, but he hits it straight as an arrow, right down the middle of the fairway, and he ended up taking money from all three of us. I was about to say, you say he took all of your money. You, Chris Paul, and Michael Phelps have a lot of money. <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> President Obama didn't have a problem taking any of it. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, was he like, you know, so we're going to play, we're going to make this interesting? Is that was like, you just like, that's how you're going to play? He kind of suckered us into a bet. <laughs> how so? Well, because we didn't know if we could approach uh, uh, President Obama like that with the bet. So we bet amongst ourselves. And on the third hole while we were teeing off, Obama was like, so uh, you guys aren't going to include me into the bet? <laughs> and and we were like, oh, well, sure, Barack, come on, get on board. Let's, this is what we're playing for. He was like, all right. And he commenced to whip our Wow, what a delight to talk to you, Anthony, but we have invited you here, and I hope you were warned about this, to play a game that this time we're calling... You've been sent down to double A. Your initials are AA, of course, which made us think of double A baseball, that is the minor league. So we're going to ask you three questions about minor league ball. Answer two correctly, you won our prize for one of our listeners, the voice of anyone they might like on their answering machine. Bill, who is Anthony Anderson playing for? Eric Christensen of Anaheim, California. A local. All right, you ready here? I'm ready. All right, here's your first question. Minor league teams are famous for their promotions, right? One promotion thought up by the West Virginia Power was stopped before it could happen. What was it? A, animal sacrifice night, <laughs> in which they were to recreate with a live goat an ancient pagan ritual. B, salute to indoor plumbing night, in which they would close the bathrooms and ask everyone to use porta potties instead. Or C, wife swap night, in which everybody had the chance to go home with somebody else. Wow. West Virginia, that's definitely wife swapping. <laughs> you are very certain. Yes. You went for the wrong stereotype, it's indoor plumbing. Yeah, Sweet indoor plumbing night. They wanted to do this because the idea was you really appreciate indoor plumbing when you don't have access to it, but the health authority shut them down, so they weren't able to. All do it. I have 
have to say is you'd really appreciate someone else's wife if you've been married as long as some other people have been. All right. Here's your next question. You still have two chances. You can, you can still win this. Um, something that's never happened before happened at an Atlantic League minor league game just two weeks ago. What was it? A, a player swung his bat so hard it came around and hit him in the head so he knocked himself out. B, a coach was ejected from a game for arguing with a robot umpire. Or C, a pop fly was caught and carried away by a seagull resulting in the first ever bird-assisted home run. The baseball player swung the bat so hard that it swung around, hit himself in the head, and knocked himself out. Oh, the audience doesn't like that. I don't know if you can hear, Anthony, but they're all saying it's B. I'm going with swung and hit himself in the head and knocked himself out. <laughs> I admire you, sir, but they were right. Uh, it was, in fact, B. They're trying out this thing where a robot calls balls and strikes. A coach did not like the calls, argued, and was thrown out by the human umpire who was monitoring. All right, you have one more chance to get one right. Here we go. Minor league games are known for their shenanigans, but one catcher tried something that cost him his job. What did he do? A, he carved a potato to look like a baseball and threw it to trick a runner while holding on to the real ball to tag him out. B, he used poison ivy to turn the opposing pitcher into an actual belly itcher. <laughs> or C, tired of squatting behind the plate, he dragged a Barker laundry out there and just sat there and challenged them to make him move. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I am going to have to go with carved a potato and threw it to, to, to get the person out while he held on to the ball. That's exactly right. <laughs> And I just want to say, he did this, it worked, he got the guy out, but he was immediately thrown out of the game and his baseball career was over. But the, base, no. the potato ball is now preserved in a baseball museum. It was such an amazing thing. Oh, I love it. I do too. Bill, how did Anthony Anderson do in our You got quiz? one out of three. That's okay-ish. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Anthony. Anthony Anderson has been nominated for an Emmy for Best Actor in a Comedy again for his lead role in ABC's Blackish. The new season premieres in September. Anthony Anderson, what a joy to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Bye, Anthony. In just a minute, we golf like a god in our listener limerick challenge game. Call one triple eight wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message come from the American Jewish World Service, working together for more than thirty years to build a more just and equitable world. Learn more at ajws.org. Going on a big group trip always sounds good in theory, but it can get tricky when you get there and have totally different expectations. Check out NPR Life Kit's new guide on navigating group travel or subscribe to Life Kit, all guides for all our episodes, all in one place. From NPR, WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Game. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Paula Poundstone, Ida Rodriguez, and Adam Burke. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. <laughs> 
Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill remembers Germany's Weimar Republic in our Listener Limerick Challenge game. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's one 924 8924 Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the week's news. Paula, Fast sure. Company magazine looked into one of the persistent mysteries of office life, why no matter what, we can't control ourselves in the presence of what? Ooh, whiteout. <laughs> Now that's not right, <laughs> but I, you're just forcing me to ask you, is this a problem that you have, that you cannot control yourself in the presence of whiteout? You start whiting out everything? No, I mean, just when I know it's there, I'm sloppy. Yeah. Is that, I, is that what I can you always do? white it out if I have to. Is that what you do instead of pressing the home button on your phone? You just white out the screen if you... <laughs> Uh, no, it's not white out. Uh, that, can you give me a hint, Peter? Well, let's see. Marie's birthday was just last week, so it's probably still good. Bringing in their cakes or eating the bread and cake? Eating the free food in the office. Uh, I yeah, will give it to yeah. you. Yes, it just seems... Why is it that all of us are helpless if there's free food in the office? And if, and if you've worked in an office, you know that anything edible, no matter how old or gross-looking, will be devoured. Yeah. From week-old birthday cake to that caribou carcass the vultures are finished with. <laughs> nice. According to a psychologist from the Cleveland Clinic, the reason we just can't resist this food is in part because office food is free, and thus it appeals to our innate desire to get a good deal. It's like, yeah, that single M&M has been stepped on so much, it's now part of the carpet, but it's free. Pry that baby up. <laughs> How much did this study cost that, that gave us this whirlwind discovery? Yeah. People like free food and cake. <laughs> We've got it solved. Yeah, we're getting to the bottom No, this of that. was not a study. This was Fast Company magazine wondering about oh. this question, calling up a psychologist and getting guesses as to why it's true. Because it is true, if you've ever worked in an office. I mean, the stuff you would never eat. At, even at home, you're like, oh my god, that bagel's been out sitting out all day. I'm not going to eat that. At the office, they're like, oh, bagel. No, usually you cut it in half. <laughs> and then you eat it up. Yeah. No, yeah. everybody does that. They like to cut the thing in half and then later stroll by and eat the other half. <laughs> That's absolutely true. <laughs> I came up years ago with a theory to describe that. It's the theory of the plausibly segmented donut. <laughs> And the idea is like you can't eat a whole donut that's terrible for you, you gain weight. But if you cut the donut into enough parts and eat them with enough time between them, <laughs> it doesn't count as eating a whole donut. Yeah. But, by the way, the theory of the plausibly segmented donut is uh, Marianne Williamson's solution bestseller, yes. <laughs> Ida, Jimmy John's Sonic and the Cheesecake Factory all have foods topping this year's list of what? Carcinogens? <laughs> You're, clo you're close. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Basically, medically inadvisable food. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. Yes, really? medically inadvisable. Medically inadvisable Every food. year. Everything. I want to open a restaurant named that. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be lines around the block. Well, every year. Would uh, you like a large? <laughs> Need you I ask? I don't know. Let me ask my doctor. <laughs> the Center for Science and the Public Interest does this every year. They announce a list of the worst things you can get at popular restaurants. Uh, they call it the Extreme Eating Awards. The, 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 the list highlights the worst things you can order. For example, including the Cheesecake Factory's Cinnamon Roll Pancakes, which they say uh, are, have the equivalent of two and a half days worth of saturated fat or are the same of eating 11 Krispy Kreme donuts. 
Also featured uh, on the list is Jimmy John's 16-inch giant gargantuan sandwich, Chili's five-meat big boss burger, and Taco Bell's big-ass meat sack. <laughs> That's a misprint of some sort. We yeah. made that last one yeah. up, but if you started salivating, seek help. Make that up. We That's not that. real. There is no yeah, big ass yeah, meat sack. Yeah, Although I am sure, give him a year, man. Yeah, right. You might want to trademark that now. I know. Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website. That's waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, and our upcoming shows August 29th and 30th at Wolf Trap, just outside Washington D.C. in Northern Virginia, and September 12th at the New Jersey Performing Arts Center in Newark. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Rebecca Rubin calling from New Haven, Connecticut. Hey, how are things in New Haven? They're good. Then what do you do there? I work at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. Oh, really? Well, well, what do you do at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence? I work with educators who want to implement social-emotional learning, mostly in K-12 schools. Really? Okay, trying to make kids more emotionally sort of uh, capable and open and aware? Yes. Well, good for you, and welcome to the show, Rebecca. Bill Curtis is going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly, and two of the limericks will be a winner. You ready to play? Yeah. All right. Here is your first limerick. Avocado toast will not control me, but demand is up. It shocks me wholly. Now tacos and chips resort to faux dips. They have to use fake Guacamole. Guacamole, yes. yes. No. Avocados are getting more and more expensive, and millennials have already taken out second mortgages to afford them as it is. So, restaurants have started making guacamole without avocados. Oh. It's true. This mock guac is made often with a Mexican squash called calabacitas. It's fun to say, but it's just not the same. Chefs say the flavor is almost identical. The only difference is in the texture. Calabacitas tend to be thinner and runnier. Because who hasn't looked at a bowl of guacamole and thought, you know, I wish this was damper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why you got to have the kind where they come over and they make it right at your table. So you can tell. And when they're about the to avocado. cut it, you go, let me look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Here is your next limerick. Grab your clubs to the church. We will strut, strut. Pray for par with no if and or but, but. A cross that turns slowly. The water traps holy. We are going to church to play... Yes! Rochester Cathedral, outside London, is almost a thousand years old, and it has the distinction of being one of the holiest places in England. Not only is it a church, but it is now a church with an indoor mini golf course. The course only opened recently, and clergy around the world are quick to condemn it, describing it as an act of desecration. But some religious scholars believe the course has a place in the church. For example, Jesus would be a great golfer. He never loses his ball in a water hazard. Or if he's in a fun mood, a wine hazard. Here's your, here is your last limerick. When I work out, get anxious or fret, I get stains, funky smells, and regret. So I wear a new fabric that's woven of magic. It smells really good when I... Sweat. Yes, indeed. Scientists have created 
a new fabric that turns your body odor into a fresh lemony aroma. Instead of smelling like an old wet shoe, you'll smell like someone who just drowned in lemonade <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> Special cotton fibers in the clothes bind with the proteins in your sweat to release a pleasant scent. So essentially, the grosser you are, the better you smell. If you think about this, this technology could lead to total chaos. Suddenly, tons of BO is a sexy thing to list in your dating profile. Huh. Yeah. I kind of like that idea, actually. I do, too. As someone who's constantly uh, conscious of how much I might be smelling, because I'm a big sweater, I think that would be nice. I think, though, that, you know, sometimes what other people think, like, uh, for example, a car air freshener, which I, mean, I, I would rather be in the car with, you know, vomit and dog waste <laughs> than the smell of a car air freshener. So maybe it's, it, it depends what you think is a pleasant smell. That's true. But on the off chance that it really is a pleasant, a lemony, pleasant, lemony smell, mm -hmm. I think I might look into such a garment. You know, so uh, you know uh, vomit and dog waste are playing at Lollapalooza, so there's a chance you might, <laughs> <laughs> you might be in the car with them right on time. If this that. takes off, we might even get more flavor options. Pumpkin spice sports bras, chocolate mint undershirts, banana scent and sweatpants. And they'll always be the one weirdo who chooses beef stew yoga pants. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Rebecca do in our quiz? She's emotionally perfect at three rights. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks so much for playing. Thank you. Bye-bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Kay Buxbaum in support of the David Gilkey and Zabiula Tamana Memorial Fund, established to strengthen NPR's commitment to training and protecting journalists in high-risk environments. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Ida and Adam each have three. Paula has two. All right. Uh, okay. I'm going to need more than 60 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paula, you are in third place, so you're up first. The clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill-in-the-blank. Yeah. On Wednesday, Ben Carson defended President Trump's attacks on Representative Elijah Cummings and the city of Blank. Baltimore. Yes. On Tuesday, the White House claimed that Blank was stalling a trade deal with the U.S. until after the 2020 election. Uh, China? Yes. For the first time in a decade, the Federal Reserve cut Blanks. Uh, uh, borrowing rate. Yeah, interest rates. Thank you. Enough. On Wednesday, American officials confirmed that the son of al-Qaeda leader Blank had been killed. Osama bin Laden? Right. An 84-year-old woman lost for four days in the Canadian wilderness demanded Blank upon being rescued. Beef yogurt? No. <laughs> A cold beer in a hot tub. <laughs> this week, Disney World competitor Blank announced they were opening a new theme park in Orlando. Uh, Universal Studios? Yes, a homeowner in Florida declined to press charges after the owner of a Tesla blanked. Uh, 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 owner of a Tesla uh, drove into their living room. No, an owner of the Tesla parked in his lawn, took out a charging cord, and stole the guy's power for 12 hours. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Wow. The man said he had no idea how long the Tesla had been sitting in his lawn before he finally noticed it, but after calling the police to make sure the car wasn't stolen, he decided to just wait for the owners to return. When they did, they didn't apologize, so they did offer to make the man dinner to make up for the inconvenience and then went inside his house and cooked all the food in his fridge. <laughs> Bill, how did Paula do in our quiz? Uh, Five right, ten more points, settle to 12 All for right. the lead. We have flipped a coin. Adam is elected to go second. That means that, Ida, you're up next. Fill in the blank. On Thursday, the Senate passed a bipartisan blank deal, sending it to Trump to sign. Budget. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Budget. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
On Wednesday, the Trump administration announced it would set up a system to allow Americans to legally import some drugs from blank. Uh, Mexico? No, Canada. For a second time in a week, Blank reportedly launched two more short-range ballistic missiles. North Korea. Right. After he was bitten by a shark, a surfer in Florida immediately got out of the water and went to Blank. The bathroom? The bar. A new the blood bar. test for Blank could show signs of the disease decades before the first symptoms arise. Cancer? No, Alzheimer's. Less than oh, a month oh, after wow. winning her second consecutive World Cup, Jill Ellis, the coach of the U.S. Women's Blank team, announced she was stepping down. Soccer? Yes. This week, a truck driver in Colorado avoided getting a ticket for a broken taillight by replacing it with oh. blank. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A Gatorade <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Red Gatorade. The officer who pulled the truck over says he was impressed with the driver's temporary fix, which was just a Red Gatorade bottle duct taped over the broken taillight, basically <laughs> an electrolyte. An electrolyte. An electrolyte. <laughs> The man was let off with a warning after agreeing to replace the taillight soon while the marketing department at Gatorade were given a great idea for their new ad campaign, Gatorade, drink and drive. <laughs> uh, Bill, how did I do in our quiz? Three right, six more points, total of nine. You're in second place. All right. Adam has the uh, nine. Pierre. How many then does Adam need to win? Five to win only. Five to win, Adam. Here you go, Adam. You can do this. This is for the game. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, the governor of California signed a law mandating that presidential candidates release their blanks before appearing in the primary ballot. Tax returns. Right. Watch me know On Monday, the departing governor of blanks selected his proposed successor. Uh, Puerto Rico. Yes. A man in Florida arrested for driving under the influence told the arresting officers that he wasn't drinking while driving. He was blanking. Doing classic cocaine. No. <laughs> he said he wasn't drinking while driving. He was only drinking at stop signs. <laughs> <laughs> Florida. On Monday, Blank announced that over 100 million customers had their data breached. Facebook? No, Capital One. Oh, that's what's in your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> On Wednesday, the organizers of the embattled 50th anniversary of the Blank Music Festival announced it was canceled. Woodstock. Right. A South Carolina thief who stole a FedEx package off a woman's front porch was probably surprised when they opened it and found Blank. Uh, that one of those weird uh, fake babies. Uh, <laughs> nine tarantulas. <laughs> On Friday, the woman got a notification that her package containing nine tarantulas had arrived, but when she got home, the box was missing. Yet another victim of the porch pirates who've been stealing deliveries from houses throughout the neighborhood. She notified police who say they're on the lookout for a suspect who's 5'9", is brown and desiccated, and entombed in webs. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, did Adam do well enough to win? We have a tie, Adam and Ida. That means Paula is the winner. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm surprised, but happy. <laughs> I, I'm shocked. <laughs> In just a minute, we'll ask our panelists to predict, now that Little Nas X broke the record with Old Town Road, what will be his next big hit? <laughs> Thanks to Stock and Ledger Restaurant here in Chicago for feeding us. Wait, wait, don't tell me. It's a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions. Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord, Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran. Our interns are Panina Beatty and Lila Francis. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our, this week, our writing residents are Ron Metellus and Kate Villa. 
technical direction is from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production manager is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. Now, panel, what will be Little Nas X's next big hit after Old Town Road? Adam Burke. Uh, it'll actually be a response song from the horse that he rode to the Old Town Road entitled, It's all very well for you to say you're going to ride till you can't no mo', but try it with a friggin' SoundCloud rapper on your back. <laughs> Ida Rodriguez. Um, I said Birkenstock Crocs and avocado toast so that he can reach all the other white people that he missed. <laughs> Paula Poundstone. Stand by your female dog. <laughs> and if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Adam Burke, Ida Rodriguez, and Paula Poundstone. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal, and we'll see you next week. is NPR.